Hello and welcome to the Cultivated by Karen show. I'm your host, Karen Antonini. This show is a blend of culture, cuisine, and comfort. So if you're interested in exploring culinary and cultural experiences, learning about people whose love for food and drink have inspired enterprises, and discovering a few new recipes, you've come to the right place. Hello everyone, today I am thrilled to introduce my guest, Jeff Parrott, the creative force and founder of The Jeff Life. Jeff is an expert in lifestyle topics as well as a brand strategist, having spent more than 24 years cultivating some of the best spirit brands in the industry, such as Bullet Bourbon, Don Julio, and Blade and Bow Bourbon. Known for his creative flair and entrepreneurial spirit, Jeff's passion is connecting brands to culture. Jeff is also founder of J. Earl & Sons, which he created to elevate the home bar and tailgate experience by becoming the purveyor of fine bar accoutrements. Today, Jeff will teach us how to properly set up a home bar. We will discuss the culture of cocktails, and he will share a recipe for one of his own favorite cocktails. Welcome, Jeff. It's so much fun to have you here today. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Sure. I feel like we should be having mimosas or Bloody Marys in some of your vintage stemware. At all times. Please. <laughs> so whenever I take a look at your Instagram feed at The Jep Life, I immediately want to transport myself to that location and sip a fancy cocktail. There's so much to talk about here, and it seems like everything you do centers around the cocktail culture. But let's start with how you got into the spirits industry and how you connect brands to culture. Sure. So I actually started the journey about 24, 25 years ago um, and actually started in the beer business um, and tinkled around in that and realized it just wasn't for me. The richness and the depth wasn't there. Why I appreciate it wasn't there for me. So I actually joined a company at the time that was just being formed. Uh, it was taken for the large spirits companies in the world and combined them into be the world largest spirit company. And through my journey there, I worked across many, many categories uh, and also different areas of business development. And kind of through that journey, my appreciation of cocktail and cocktail culture, which changed in that 25 years quite a bit, um, grew. And not only grew in the, the spirit space, but actually grew in like the bar accoutrement space. So interesting enough, my mother-in-law, who had many, many um, uh uh, sons uh, and and uh, son-in-laws um, always was looking for gift opportunities and so because I worked in the spirits industry and because that's where my passion is she started my kind of collection of different barware um, which kind of went with the spirits and the barware and kind of put it all together which was great. Wow so she kind of influenced you in a sense as well. She did oh, absolutely that's, with that's... All, not just the new stuff but the old stuff she gave me some of her special pieces that were her father's. And there's kind of nothing like that. I mean, you can get things today, but like we'll get to J. Earl and Sons, your shop. But sure. that's, um, yeah, I mean, that's why it's such a treat to go there because you have these vintage accoutrements that, yeah, that are really special. Absolutely. And great gifts. And I would tell you on that journey that I was talking about in the spirits industry. So I was starting to work on categories such as bourbon and tequila. Uh, when nobody else was drinking them. And I can remember fondly a few dinner parties trying to get friends involved in tequila, and it was a joke and a half because nobody cared, right? And so we've seen such pure evolution of people being all about vodka and then experimenting with bourbon and tequila and scotch and gin, you know, are kind of on the way too. So it's been an interesting evolution of how that cult cocktail culture has evolved. 
why do you think that changed or how did that change with especially like tequila people today like to sip it or sure. have margaritas yeah. why did that change um the big change was really in the bartending community right so for eons and eons people were just bartenders right now there were some classically trained bartenders that well were well known such as institutions like the 21 club and um cafe carlisle but but what really happened was the evolution of people actually taking their own industry more seriously and realizing that there was depth and there was um, pulling from the past and all creating it new. Um, the cocktail culture truly created by the bartenders, understanding that this was a lost art and was something that they collectively wanted to bring back. So was that around the 90s? I, I was reading where it was, I believe, the 60s and 70s when things kind of took a, they call it sure. the dark times. It was kind of, it went to more syrupy mixers and things like that and away from more of what we have now, like craft cocktails. Exactly. We went through a period which I call it like the, the charm bracelet at ultra premium vodkas, right? People were drinking vodka and they were drinking brands, not necessarily the liquid. And it was all about this kind of status, look at me at what I'm drinking. That was kind of the, the need state, we call it, or motivations that were behind it. And as the economy failed um, in 2008 and new luxury was being defined, um, people were looking for things that had more discerning values, right? So depths and um, makers behind it and experiences behind it and places behind it. And that was kind of where the evolution of the mixologist-driven cocktail culture took off. Okay, so that's maybe where the craft, kind of craft cocktails, more special, special ingredients, as we're seeing, I feel like it's just building and building. And today it's, um, I mean, I, I can go into a place uh, locally, actually, and they served me a cocktail, and I think I thought that was from a mix. It definitely wasn't a craft. They must have had a busy night, but but it's amazing that you know I, that's what I think people more and more they crave that. And the other thing is, I one of the things that I think people need to be careful of is as perfect as a bartender mixologist can create their concoctions, that doesn't that shouldn't stop people from trying at home, right? I think one of the big barriers is that people just get overwhelmed. Like I can't do that. Like it's like a confidence thing. And it's actually just find your easy cocktails and, and create them at home. Like look for one and two and three ingredient things that you already have and build from there. Don't feel like you have to be perfect to begin with. That's true. That's what that's what I'm trying to show people with the recipes as well, like f with food. But it, it's true. And I think that if you look back to like the golden age of cocktails, it was really simple. Mm -hmm. There wasn't, you know, they didn't probably have as much and, you know, not all, all the of some of the simple syrups, but it was just a few ingredients and it's kind of nice to go back to that. Sure, even egg whites, right? As simple mm. as just using the egg whites that you have in your refrigerator. Sure. That was a main ingredient back in that, that mm. day. Yeah, and that's pretty special. I mean, I think that's I think that's what people like to kind of harken back to, that that feeling of you know making it a special, like cocktail hour or happy hour. I mean, maybe that's a loose term, <laughs> a couple hours, but, but to actually enjoy it. And like with your, you know, the vintage stemware, or even if it's not vintage, just something nice. You're, you're not just guzzling it down. And, you know, like when you go to somewhere, I, I don't know, if you go into Bemelman's in New York City and they have the little silver, silver dishes and bowls, that the nuts and Yep. Things like that. Well, and I think COVID is many bad things that came out of COVID. At least there's one good one, in, at least in this area, right? Is cocktailing at home became a thing again, 
right? And people oh, yeah. took appreciation of their bars. It's why we launched Earl and Sons. Um, people were not hustling to make a drink or grab something and pour it into a glass. They were actually taking the time to figure out what they want. They wanted to experiment it. They wanted the stuff that goes with it. Um, and they were creating their own cocktail hours at home. Um, and I hope that's a trend that we will continue to see happen. Absolutely. So, yeah, so tell me a little bit more about J. Earl and Sons. I've been there sure. a few times. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's going well. We've, we've um, actually built the whole thing around... Um, you know, we were all home for COVID. My sons were home from college and I knew there was just a big gap in this market in a marketplace that people were very passionate and involved with because COVID people were great, you know, making home cocktails. And so we very quickly put together to be two years next week, a, um, business plan, um, that we exceeded. We did in four months, what we thought we'd do in a year. And it's just gone up from there. Um, but we started with signature glasses. So I love vintage glasses, but a lot of the double fashions are small. Um, and I love those kind of classic motify designs. So we took a big, took, looked at over 50 glasses, but found a big chunky Italian lead-free crystal glass. Um, and then etched, we have nine different designs that we do that harken back to a lot of the, the vintage glassware that you see out there. So we started there and really branched out. It was my wife that basically said, if you do antique and vintage, it's the stuff you love. It's the stuff that people love in your bar and mix that in with the new stuff. It's going to be like fresh and new at all times, even though it's old classic stuff. Um, so we do a lot of antique and vintage. We, we roll through the stuff. Our main, the biggest question we get from anyone is where do you get it? And it's really from all over. Um, there's not one specific place, but it is very interesting because different areas have different barware from the you know if you talk start from the 30s all the way to the 70s different things in different places based on wealth during those periods you find different stuff in different places which is quite interesting and then we mixed in um, different English and silver makers um, we've got some English um, some sorry Kentucky bourbonware uh, leather goods um, so we try to do the gamut of like helping people create their home bar or even doing the bar on the go because we do a lot of flask and tailgating type stuff Absolutely. And I think that's such great advice from your wife because uh, about mixing elements of modern and antique because for a while, it's interesting, a lot of people didn't want the things they inherited, whether it was antiques, but they still, I think people still appreciate those those elements in the home, those accoutrements like that, and you can blend. I've also seen, we've seen a big change, right? Where we are, you know, you read about the grand millennial, that style and that, that trend coming back in. And I've seen it full force, you know, especially living as people have reassociated whether where they were living in the cities and they're moving out to the country or the suburbs or moving to different places, people are changing their style. And what I am seeing, especially from that 30 to 45 year old, is that grime millennial style is coming back in and they can't get enough of the kind of vintage or just more traditional stuff. But that's done in a modern way. Oh, that's great. That's great news because I particularly like that <laughs> <laughs> like that style a lot. Keep your so. round furniture. That's great. <laughs> so, okay, so this is the moment I'm very excited for to see um, have you kind of tell us how to set up a home bar. Awesome. So it's not difficult. It's about layers, right? And it sounds as simple, um, but it's the first step that people miss out on is it's a tray, right? How many people, especially that 20-year-old 
guy's bar, apartment that you go to that he has his bar and he's got his his all his bottles lined up across the back right and it looks more like a retail store versus a like a quaint bar the first thing we always tell people is start with a tray it can be new it can be old it can be vintage it can be or sorry it can be silver it can be wicker it can be anything but the idea is that you're creating depth with the bar and it sounds so simple but as opposed to lining everything across the back if you put a tray in the middle and start that as your center or off to the one side and build around that it creates depth in the bar which makes it interesting mm. next is spirits right so um you know you can go deep you can be completely overwhelmed by going to the liquor store but keep it simple stick to your basic ca- categories choose your bourbon like your house bourbon choose your gin choose your tequila always have a vodka because people still drink it and still enjoy it um and kind of build, start building your, your and, and a scotch, but start building across that, right? Get it to the ones that you're proud to put on your bar. Um, we always say use your daily drinker to put in more decanters. Um, of course, if you're into bourbon, if you're into tequila, buy the good stuff, buy the fine stuff, start your collection, but just start with the basics first. Um, it's okay to buy not the best, and it's okay, but you can also keep stuff like that in the cabinet underneath. You don't have to have everything out at one time. Um, but put the stuff out that you're proud of um, and then start to build your collection from there. Uh, then kind of goes into the mixers, right? And you can, the gamut is crazy here, but it's always club soda. Um, always try to have some juices and you can buy the little ones, you know, from the grocery store. It doesn't have to be fancy. Um, tonic, um, I'm a big fan of Jack Rudy concentrate syrups. Um, you literally add the tonic uh, concentrate to the club soda and it makes tonic. So if you don't want tonic to go bad in your cabinet because you drink drink it that much, you've got that always available. Um, And then you get into the fun stuff. Like there's the Bloody Mary mix. So we're big fans of what Sister Sauce does uh, down in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, There's all the different syrups that are out there. You know, simple syrup, of course you need, but just start to have fun with it, but just get your basics first. Um, and then from there, it's about having fun, right? Like get the right glassware. Um, we always say wine glasses, you can get qual- good quality ones at the kind of the, the big box stores, like don't go, unless you want to, but you don't have to go crazy with the kind of the basic glasses, but have fun with your double fashions because those tend to have more of your character drinks in it. Um, we're a big fan of the, the vintage um, highballs, the tall ones. Um, we think those are always a great size. Um, and then we kind of are diving deep in these little boozy cocktail glasses, right? So these little coupes and these little small glasses that you always wondered what put in it. Yes, you can put cordials in it, but you also can put boozy cocktails. And by boozy cocktails, that typically is something that has no ingredients but alcohol and maybe bitters. So it's something that you don't want to have a lot of liquid of. You've got a little liquid that's quite concentrated. So the boozy cocktail glasses are fun. Uh, and from there, have fun. Like put all the accoutrement you want. You want your tools. You want your cutting boards. We always think add some antique and vintage stuff thrown in. We love the old 60s and 70s decanters. Um, we saw a lot of those. People love those. But that that's where you come in. That's where your personality comes in. And, and honestly, people love to walk in when they're invited over and look at your bar and see what's going on there. It is. It's kind of, yeah, it's like a, a statement <laughs> of your personality, like you said, whether it's the cocktail napkins or, I mean, I've seen the funny ones or the, yep. the more the linen and... And yeah, and back to the the mixers, I think there are some really great mixers now. It's not all like the standard syrupy sweet. You can find a lot. um, And the bitters. And the the thing about it's cool about it is learn, right? So everyone thinks bitters actually put a flavor in it. And actually bitters themselves, and I just recently learned this, 
are more about putting more experience around the drink. It makes it linger longer, right? And it actually gives it complexity and depth. So it's not just about a flavor additive. It's about the, the total senses and what each, which, what each mixer does for you. Oh, that's interesting. I actually didn't know that either. The yeah. bitters and I was looking into the amaros and the digestives and those are also interesting, a little more complex. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And I like those in those, those little glasses that... The boozy cocktail <laughs> the, glasses. Yes, the boozy yep. cocktails. Those are, those are kind of fun, <laughs> whether it's limoncello or yeah. <laughs> any of those. So is there a, a book that you recommend or a website to, for people to learn how to make easy cocktails like you were talking about? Absolutely. So there's two places that I always send people. Um, Liquor.com, um, I think, is a great online source to you know, find basically any good cocktail that you want. I always go to Garden and Gun because I think they do not only like the classic, but they always have put a little flair in it, Where which has liquor.com is just a huge resource. Um, Garden and Gun, whether it's in their magazine or online, gives you a little bit more flair, a little bit more something, something um, into your cocktails. And then from a cocktail book itself, like uh, I've got a large collection of them. Um, there's some fun ones out there like, uh, Matt Hannock with W.M. Brown has created a, a Negroni book and a Martini book. Have fun with it. Like, there's not going to be one end-all, be-all. I have one called the American Bar that I tend to refer to, but I also have a gamut of them. So it's around, like, collect them and finding what works for you. Those are, I do as well, and it's fun. Even, like, the different cocktail cultures around the world, it's fun to see what everyone else is drinking. I mean, you can have a Negroni or, a, you know, whatever whatever other drink you want, but it's it's fun to see you know, maybe in Asia and... Well, the biggest phenomenon that's not happening here, which is amazing, is gin, right? Gin is on fire globally. Um, they're drinking it in a, primarily in a drink called gin tonic, not gin and tonic as we call it, but think of a big bulbous, almost um, uh, wine glass, if you will, uh, with gin and tonic, but also they just put all sorts of berries and fruits and, and herbs and everything in it. And it's like this customization trend that's going on. So you go to bars and restaurants all throughout the world and you'll see these big goblets of drinks happening. Um, it's just not starting to happen here, which is interesting to me. That is interesting. Is there another trend kind of similar to that here? Um, you're also, well, bourbon is on fire and tequila's on fire, right? And so um, they, we all know that bourbon is, is, you know, people like to drink it straight or more simple ways, but they also, the, the amount of cocktails that you can make with it is amazing. Um, but the tequila phenomena that's happening here is the ranch water, right? And you think, I think everyone knows what the ranch water is and they don't necessarily. But it, and what I've also found, it's very regional, depending on what state you're in, whether you're in Texas or Oklahoma or Alabama, they all tend to adjust the recipe a little bit. But that's as easy as uh, tequila, and I like good tequila like Don Julio, with uh, Topo Chico, which has been hard to get, especially up in the north, but it's getting easier. And then it's lime juices um, or citrus juices at some point. Some people put salt on the rim. Some people put spicy salt on the rim with the celery salt type stuff. Um, but it is, and you just keep pouring and going and pouring and going. So it's a very sessionable thing. Wow. Okay. I love Topo Chico because it's so, I love seltzers anyway, but yep. it's so, so sparkly. And that sounds amazing with the All tequila. the extra bubbles, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll have to try that. Well, we're going to take a quick break and don't go anywhere because when we return, Jeff will share one of his favorite cocktail recipes with us. Awesome. So set them up, Joe. I got a little story. 
I think you should know We're drinking, my friend To the end Of a brief episode Make it one for my babe And one more for the road Would you like to host your own radio program or podcast? Park City Productions 06604 is a Bridgeport, Connecticut-based radio broadcast solutions company. Follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's Park City Productions 06604. Call us at 203-522-8801. And pour me something tall and strong Make it a hurricane before I go insane It's only half past twelve But I don't care It's five o'clock somewhere Hello, we are back. I'm your host, Karen Antonini of the Cultivated by Karen show. I'm here with my guest, Jeff Parrott. We've been discussing the cocktail culture, and now Jeff is going to share one of his favorite cocktail recipes with us. Awesome. Well, the first thing I will tell you is don't get, uh, don't complicate it, right? If you are, um, if it concerns you or scares you to even jump into cocktails because they all seem too hard and too complex, keep it easy. Find simple cocktails. And one of the simplest ones that we do with Blade and Bow is we travel the comp- the country because we we talk to a lot of people that actually don't drink bourbon and they don't want to drink bourbon because they're scared of it. And so we have a very simple cocktail that we have called the new fashion. So it's a riff on the old fashion, of course, Uh, but it's as simple as blade and bow bourbon, um, elderflower liqueur, St. Germain, uh, club soda, and accoutrements such as an orange and a cherry, right? So keep it really, really simple. So what we do is we add some ice, not tons, People like different amounts of ice. Now, this is where it's really simple. Two parts bourbon, right? We love Blade and Bow. Mm-hmm. And then one part of St. Germain or any sort of any aldeflower liqueur. It's literally that simple, right? Wow. Then you top off with club soda. We actually love all the Navy Hill products. Um, they've got a great product. Lots of fizz and quality water that goes into it. Um, Stir it up a bit. I'll just use this. And garnish with an orange peel. So you're just using a normal peeler. Yep. You don't need anything special. Nope. You have kind of some of the gadgets. Good to know. Yep. So do your orange peel. And then a cocktail cherry. <laughs> and that's it, right? So don't make your complicated or your cocktails complicated. Make them easy for you. And honestly, have you ever had a bad cocktail at somebody's house? No. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. That is delicious. That's is, right? really good. It makes it's everyone re- happy. It's refreshing. <laughs> it's delicious. It's like, yeah, the old fashioned's a little more, you know, with the with I guess the lemon and 
But this is just bright. I like the brightness of it with yep. the orange as well. Absolutely. That is great. All right. Well, All right. thank you so much, Jeff. You can sure. find more information at Jeff Life on Instagram or J Earl and Sons. Is that right? Absolutely. Come J. visit Earl our Sons. website or visit. We've got a store in New Canaan, Connecticut that we're opening on weekends through the holidays. Absolutely. And we will have this posted at Cultivated by Karen Show on Instagram. And just look forward to seeing you, all your fabulous accoutrements, and um, drinking them in these great glasses in the future. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, Jeff. Thank you, friends and fellow food aficionados, for joining us today. I'd like to thank my producer, John Iannuzzi, Park City Productions. See you next time for more culture, cuisine, and comfort.